Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Political This Radio. And I just wanted to shoot the shit with you guys for one moment and explain to you guys. The, okay, Nassau Coliseum, Nassau County Community, the Uniondale Memorial Coliseum, whatever you want to call it now, or before, or then. The fact is, there's a lot of rumors that Nassau Coliseum is actually getting closed down, which is a shame. Because Nassau Coliseum gets closed down, it's to me a lot of WWE history, WWF history is freaking like it's just on a strength that you have to remember. The Izod Center got closed down. The Izod Center was at one time the Continental Airlines Arena. The Continental Airlines Arena was at one time, and this is all the same building, folks. It's not a new building. It's all the same building. But was the Meadowlands Arena. And the Meadowlands Arena, the Continental Airlines Arena, the Izod Center, whatever you want to call it now, is no more. They knocked it down quite a few years ago. So now they're trying to turn the Astro Coliseum itself into, I believe, a casino. Whether the uh, Coliseum's still going to stay there, there's going to be a casino on top of that. I don't see that happening whatsoever because I've been there a gazillion times. I don't think they have enough room. Please don't turn to National Coliseum because they have the uh, USB Center, I believe, or whatever it's called, over in Belmont State Park. I believe something like that. I haven't been there yet. I do want to check out the Coliseum that they have. But National Coliseum, last time I was there, was at SmackDown. Uh, 2022, I believe it was May or June, somewhere around there. Last time of 2022, SmackDown was at the Nassau Coliseum. And apparently they don't take cash anymore. And it's been like that for a long time. And I looked at the check and I'm like, you couldn't have told me that 45 minutes ago when I stood on fucking line? No sides or nothing. I'm there for a two-hour show. And I'm standing on line literally about a half hour. That's one quarter of my show, fucking God. The show was great. The Marriott afterwards was freaking phenomenal. But back to my story, folks. The point is, National Coliseum has a lot of history behind it when it comes to uh, WWE, then the WWF. Remember, WrestleMania 2. One third of WrestleMania 2 actually took place at National Coliseum. The main event at National Coliseum at WrestleMania 2 was Roddy Piper versus Mr. T. When everybody was actually cheering for Roddy Piper instead of Mr. T. That was National Coliseum, folks. SummerSlam 2002. The main event was Rock versus Brock, which is crazy because I was actually standing on line to actually get tickets to SummerSlam 2002. 
And I literally, like, made it maybe, maybe about six or seven people before the freaking entrance of freaking, I believe it was coconuts or something like that in the Huntington area of Long Island, right behind the Smith Haven Mall. And I made it about six or seven people in, like, oh, let me rephrase that, before the door, and I don't know where tickets sold out. And the guy at the front door, for some reason, he wanted to go freaking scrap with the dude that said the tickets are sold out. For no reason. The guy's like, oh, bro, like, I have, fuck you want me to do about it? Tickets are sold out. I have no. But SummerSlam 2002, Rock versus Brock. The opening match was Kurt Angle versus Rey Mysterio. I should have been there. But I did not make it in time. I wish I was. But that was Nashville, California. Also, Nassau Coliseum, I was actually there. It was on the holiday tour. They have the holiday tour. Um, they had this year. They're not at Nassau Coliseum, as far as I know. I've looked up tickets. This year, they're not at Nassau Coliseum. But every year before that, or whatever the case is, before the pandemic, I know that before the pandemic, they were at the Coliseum and Madison Square Garden, one after the other. And I've already explained this. So I'm not going to go into detail about it. Either one after the other, or whatever the case is. But when Paige, a.k.a. Soraya, Knight, actually got jacked up in the ring, I was actually there on the floor. Which is funny because I was we, we had the nosebleed seats. And little by little, me and Regina, world's greatest lead head, give her a round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. We made our way to the freaking uh, floor. And she's like, are you sure about this? I was like, yeah, fuck it. There's a few empty seats. Trust me, trust me, trust me. So I walked to the floor. And the usher, like, he's standing there. And he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? I walked past him. I don't know where Regina's right behind me. And he goes, hey, you got a ticket? I go, oh, oh sir, sir. She's with me. We're right over there. He goes, oh, okay, no problem. Well, there is a problem. I didn't show you one ticket, nor did you ask me for a ticket, but you fucking asked her for a ticket. And then I told you, no, it's cool, she with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah, go ahead. Anyway, so we made our way to the floor. And it just happens to be, if I'm not mistaken, it just happens to be freaking, um, holy shit. I believe it was a match with freaking Enzo Amari. I know there was a match with Elias, too. I don't know if they were in the same match. I thought it was cool, because Elias was singing freaking um, Billy Joel. And I was like one of the only three people in the Coliseum freaking singing along, and I was so happy. But I don't know if it was in the same match. It might have been a six-man tag, if I'm not mistaken. Or it might have been two separate matches. Whatever the case. But I do believe right after that, that's when it came freaking uh, with the six women tag. And Sasha Banks was in it. Um, Paige was actually in it. Which is crazy, too, because nobody knew what the hell was going on. And I was on the floor. And I literally, like, I just happened to look at my phone and look up. And, like, Paige is literally, like, just on the mat squirming around. Everybody's like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, I literally looked away as that happened. 
But that was at an Aspital stream. That was actually that one happened. Okay, okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Let's go to a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back, folks. We got to pay some bills, but I'm going to tell you what happened at Nashville Coliseum between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan in the WWF world title fight. And it was a fist fight. There was a legit fist fight in the stands with some amazing shit, and I saw it as a kid. My mother was there, too, obviously. She bought me, but we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. And there was literally a National Coliseum, if I'm not mistaken. It was Hulk Hogan. First of all, oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me rewind. Let me rewind. I actually have floor seats, right? Obviously, my mother bought them. And it was a casket match between The Undertaker and Sid. A lot of people, like, have actually heard of this freaking casket match because it's one of the only few casket matches that... Uh, the Undertaker actually lost. And he actually lost it against Sid. And I'm going to tell you, if you've ever heard of this match, it was at a house show back in the early 90s, I think 92 or whenever, I was actually there. Sid actually closed the Undertaker into the casket, and so he won the match. The problem is he turned his back. I don't know if it was whether it was towards Paul Bearer or to freaking towards the crowd or whatever the case is, but Undertaker popped the casket back open, climbed out of the casket, and had his way with Sid. He might have, he, I, I don't believe he actually tombstoned him. He might have chokeslammed him, whatever the case is, and then rolled Sid into the casket. So even though Undertaker actually lost, obviously he walked away as, you know, the hero or the so-called winner, even though he technically, he actually did not win. There was no technicality behind it. So if you ever heard of that actual match taking place, Sid versus The Undertaker, and The Undertaker lost at a house show, I was actually there, and that's exactly what happened. As a kid. Oh, God, it was so great. <laughs> but, yeah, that's National Coliseum for you. Like I said, it was uh, WrestleMania 10 as well. Oh, excuse me, 10. That was Madison Square Garden. WrestleMania 2, that was actually a National Coliseum. SummerSlam 2002. And then it was... Um, I don't know if it was Fatal 4-Way or another pay-per-view, but that wasn't until like five, six, seven years later. What a horrible pay-per-view that was. I'm not going to lie. Like, I really like it. They can count. They can't even count that. Like, that, so you have to count that as a pay-per-view because obviously it was a pay-per-view. But you can't. Like, I personally, like, I don't count that as anything. Or at least I would like not to. Because whatever it was, it was fucking horrible. And there was one, I believe, it was the one with Natalia. Uh, who was she facing? Natalia was facing somebody. 
It might have been Michelle McCool, actually. Natalia versus Michelle McCool. If I'm not mistaken. I believe it was the one with that pay-per-view. That was actually Nash Palestine. If I'm not mistaken. But I remember watching that. I was like, wow, what a boring-ass pay-per-view. And I was sorry that actually happened. Oh, you know what else happened in Nash Palestine, folks, before we get out of here? I was not there. I was actually not there. But if I'm not mistaken, when Stone Cold Steve Austin actually gave Goldust the Stone Cold Stunner, and Stone, uh, he gave it Goldust the Stone Cold Stunner, Stone Cold, <clears throat> let me rephrase myself. When Stone Cold gave uh, Goldust the Stone Cold Stunner so hard that Goldust actually, like, did a 180 kind of sort of back into the freaking porta potty. Remember the porta potty was there in the middle of the ring? And Stone Cold freaking look it up on freaking uh, YouTube or whatever freaking search engine you got or use or whatever the case. Just look up. Stone Cold, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, the youngins, Stone Cold. Stuns Goldust into a porta potty. That, if I'm not mistaken, that was actually at Nassau Coliseum. Which is crazy because at Nassau Coliseum was the same show that Kane and Paul Bearer, right? Check this out. And I'm sitting at home as a kid. I think I'm like, what, 13 years old, 12 years old? Yeah, I'm old as dirt, bro, folks. If you're listening, I'm actually 39. As of January of 2023, I actually turned 39 in October 2022. So I was about maybe 13 years old, I believe, 14 years old. And I'm at home, maybe 15, whatever the case is, between that age. And I'm at home, and I'm heated as fuck because I couldn't make it to the Coliseum. Because I want to watch some freaking... And by the way, I'm on the North Shore line. For those who don't know, you can take the North Shore line and the Long Island Railroad. Right, right, literally, like, uh, uh, probably like a, a few miles from Nassau Coliseum. Even to this day, the freaking... The cab is still directly across the street from, I believe it's the Westbury. If I'm not mistaken, you gotta take it to the Westbury. On the North Shore line. And then pay from a taxi from there to Uniondale. And it's so fucking cheap. Still is so cheap. I was there freaking... I used it the last time. And I used it quite a few times. Great people over there. Anyway. The fact of the matter is... So I was heated that I couldn't get there. But. The point of my story is... Right? Kane and Paul Bearer dug up, okay, because remember when The Undertaker had an interview, a promo, and he was sitting directly in front of the, well, next to the tombstone or directly in front of the tombstone, whatever the case is, of his parents, right? I believe, I believe it might have been the week after that or two weeks after that, if I'm not mistaken. That's when Paul Bearer and Kane dug up the casket of Undertaker's parents and actually took it to the arena and 
actually freaking lit the casket on fire. Which is funny, too, because how it went down, right? If you think about it, folks, here's a little history lesson for you, WWE kayfabe. If you think about it and how it went down and how they talked about it, they were actually um, talking about it as if it was happening right then and there, and they were digging up the body. And they were taking the body over to to the Coliseum right then and there. I'm talking about Kane and freaking Paul Barrett. So if that is the case, that means the time it actually took them to dig up that body, or maybe they actually already had it dug up, whatever the case is. But by by the time, okay, logically, by the time it would have taken them to take that body from whatever cemetery that they freaking dug it up at to the Coliseum they were at, which just happens to be Nassau Coliseum. So kayfabe, the Undertaker's parents were actually born either on Long Island or somewhere in the Queens area. Because, like I said before, because they were playing it off as if it was happening present time. And within, like, before the end of the show, which is a two-hour show, it it could have even been a three-hour show. But by the time Undertaker, or let me phrase that, by the time Paul Bearer and Kane actually, like, hey, we're going to take this body and we got it and we're going over and all that shit. That was literally, like, if that's how it played out, and we're talking kayfabe and story-wise, Undertaker's parents were either born on Long Island or somewhere in the Queens area. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because that whole scenario took place when they lit, uh, when they, I mean... (laughs) Pronouns, pal. <laughs> when they actually freaking um, lit a, um, uh, when I mean they, I mean Paul Baron Kane. When Paul Baron Kane lit Undertaker's uh, parents' casket on fire, that was at the Nashville Coliseum. Which is only fitting to say that Undertaker Kayfabe, Undertaker's parents were born somewhere either on Long Island. Or, on, or in well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. We're buried somewhere, either on Long Island or somewhere in the Queens. Maybe the like the Queens Brooklyn borderline, but that's a stretch. But I I would even throw that in. Queens Brooklyn Long Island area. Kayfabe, from what WWF at the time was telling us. That's where the Undertaker's parents were buried. Because, once again, folks, before we go, and I know I've stressed this 3,000 times, and I'll stress it again. Because Paul Baron Kane dug up the Undertaker's parents or the mother's casket. I believe it was the mother. They dug up one of the caskets. Either that or they were probably buried together. I don't know. Regardless of the case. And they brought it to the National Coliseum, lit it on fire. 
they wouldn't have been able to do that unless the Undertaker's parents were from uh, were buried either on Long Island, Queens, or maybe Brooklyn, at the most. Woo! Politicalist radio, ladies and gentlemen, and we have just solved where the Undertaker's parents were buried somewhere. Thank you. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and I apologize real quick. I totally forgot the point at hand, okay? Somebody, somebody, please, please ask anybody, anybody that says that was involved with WWE at the time. What happened at Nashville Coliseum when Ric Flair faced Hulk Hogan? Okay, first of all, they had Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, which is crazy, and that was actually there at a house show. And for whatever reason, they had, like, some makeshift entrance for Ric Flair. I don't know if they had smoke. We were sitting, like, literally behind it, so we didn't know what the hell was going on. It was just some, like, big blue thing, if I'm not mistaken. But the point is, Hogan comes out, right? And I shit you not, man. I was there. I don't know if Hogan remembers this, but if he ever tells the story, it is 100% correct. Hogan fucking came out, and when he ripped his shirt off like he usually does, okay, I was sitting at eye level to where he fucking threw the uh, the shirt. Hogan did not fuck. I was not sitting on the fucking floor. In other words, Hogan literally threw the fucking shirt, like, literally over, over the fucking floor. And into the other section, like the bleacher section, right before the mezzanine seats, I believe you want to call it. Whatever the case is. But Hogan, when he threw his shirt at National Coliseum, he fucking threw it literally over the floor. That's how far he fucking, and it's a shirt, and he threw it that far. Which is fucking crazy because this is a story I was going to tell you guys before and I actually forgot about it. <laughs> I just literally segued into a casket match about fucking um, The Undertaker and uh, Sid Vicious or Psycho Sid or whatever you want to call him at the time. Anyway, so Ric Flair comes out and he's got this big blue like entrance and you know, it's at Nash Coliseum, and I'm, we're sitting behind it, so I can't, we can't see what the hell is going on. But we know, like, something's going on, and it's Ric Flair's entrance. Like I said, Hogan comes out, once again, and he tears his shirt in half. And I swear to you, he freaking threw, and I remember it like I was a kid, he threw his shirt over, over the fucking floor section, into the bleacher seat. And two dudes, I was young, so I, they, to me, they were like in their 20s, 30s, 50s, 60s, because I was so young. Being this old, they could have been in their teens. They could have been in their 20s. No, no older than their mid-20s. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm this old, and i thinking back about it. But these two dudes caught it, and they weren't giving that shirt up for shit. They actually started fist fighting over the fucking shirt. Literally, Hulk Hogan shirt. Not only Ric Flair, once again, folks, at a house show at Nashville Coliseum, Ric Flair 
versus Hulk Hogan. And Hogan tore his shirt off and threw it over the fucking floor into the bleachers themselves. And the two dudes that caught it actually got into a fist fight because neither of them wanted to give up Hulk Hogan's shirt after he tore it and threw it into the fucking crowd. So much that security actually had to rush over and Hogan was given the freaking the ears and just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, the hand clap, the ear and the poses right before he faced Ric Flair. The problem was the a lot of the Coliseum was more interested in these two dudes and what security was doing. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they got kicked out, or I think maybe maybe security actually pulled, uh, ripped the shirt away and walked off, whatever the case is. I don't remember what happened after that, but I do know it was funny as shit, and it was amazing. Like, I, I know Hulk Hogan tells a lot of lies, Let's be honest, folks. But if he ever tells the story about Ric Flair versus Hogan and Nassau Coliseum, and he threw a shirt over the fucking floor seats into the fucking, not the newest bleed seats, that would be impossible. But at least the bleachers, the next section up, he, I was there. And that's the most, I don't believe Hogan's ever told this story, but I was there. And that's the most amazing thing. First of all, Flair's entrance was freaking great because it caught us so off guard. Because once again, couldn't figure out what the fuck it was until Flair walked out. And then everybody that was sitting behind the entrance was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's Flair's entrance. Okay. <laughs> and then Hogan walks out and the fucking Coliseum is lit up. And then the freaking, like I said, the shirt tear and then over the fucking, over the fucking floor, man. Into the next section up, and two dudes are beating the fuck out of each other. And two dudes just simultaneously caught the shirt and beat the fuck out of each other. And then security got involved. And then uh, Hogan and Flair started going at it, so the attention obviously turned to whatever's going on in the ring. But that was fucking amazing. And to me, watching it as a kid, and even now thinking back on it as an adult, I don't give a shit who says Flair and Hogan never fucking drew. Or they had shitty matches together. Man, listen. In WWF, at the Garden, and especially, I was there at the Coliseum. The fucking place lit up. Thank you, Lee. Gentlemen, political this week. 